0: Hey, folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to a Watchman Newscast live stream on day 11 of Israel's war with Hamas in Gaza. And will that war expand? That's a question we've been posing over the last several days uh, here on the live stream. Pardon me. I'd take care of that real quick. But we start today and we'll break that down today. We want to break down also the possibility, the very real possibility now, folks, that U.S. troops may be deploying to the Middle East, some 2,000 U.S. troops from all branches apparently, of the U.S. military. That may be happening. What we know is happening is Joe Biden is heading to Israel tomorrow, Wednesday, October 18th, to meet with Benjamin Netanyahu. He will then move on to Jordan, meet with King Abdullah and also Egyptian President Sisi. A lot going on that we need to unpack. But first, three breaking news items that we want to start with today. Number one, you may have heard by now the news that a hospital in Gaza City suffered a serious explosion, reportedly 500 people were killed, no confirmation on those numbers yet. This is in Gaza City. Of course, Hamas and the anti-Israel forces right away pointed a finger of blame at Israel. Now we see details and footage and photos emerging that strongly suggest, and that's an understatement, that this explosion, this unfortunate explosion at a Gaza City hospital was the result of, you guessed it, a Hamas rocket misfire. Now, just moments before this explosion at the hospital, Hamas released a statement on social media saying it was ready to unleash perhaps its strongest strongest barrage yet targeting Haifa, the third largest city in Israel, far to Israel's north, not really far from the Lebanon border, actually. That didn't happen. The rockets did not reach Haifa, thank God. But it looks like one of them may Uh, as a result of a misfire, caused the explosion at this hospital in Gaza City. So more details are emerging there. Incredible to me that details weren't even released yet, and the knee-jerk reaction for many was to point the finger at Israel. The pictures and video, again, seems to strongly suggest another story. More on that to come tomorrow on the live stream, and if anything comes across the wire today while we're going with you live Uh, We'll share on that as well, but keep an eye on that, folks. Hamas are propaganda, false propaganda masters. So keep a very close eye on that for sure. This is the same Hamas, by the way, that is preventing civilians from fleeing southward. After five days now, the Israel Defense Forces telling civilians in northern Gaza, around that Gaza city area, to move southward. Hamas is not only preventing them, urging them not to leave. It is physically preventing them and threatening them and even set off apparently explosions along some of the escape routes over the past few days. So this is what you're dealing with in Hamas, which takes great delight in using civilians as human shields. And by the way, Israel would never directly target a hospital, that goes without saying, but Hamas certainly has built infrastructure and terror tunnels underneath of places like hospitals. Now, why would they do that? If Israel was this remorseless, vicious, war criminal regime that is indiscriminately bombing Gazan civilians, why would Hamas deliberately place its assets and its members and its weapons and launch rockets from civilian areas and places like hospitals? Precisely, folks, because Hamas knows that Israel would never target a civilian area uh, intentionally or a hospital intentionally. That Israel goes to painstaking lengths, extraordinary lengths, to avoid any sort of civilian casualties. For my money, Israel along with the United States are the most humane fighting forces in human history. Big statement, I know, but I say it without hesitation. But that's where we're at with the Gaza City hospital situation prayers for the civilians who who were injured who were in that horrific explosion that appears surprise surprise to be courtesy of a Hamas misfire and folks there's a track record here back in May 2021 the last major flare-up between Israel and Hamas several Palestinian civilians were killed when Hamas yes misfired had rocket misfires that never left Gaza and reached Israel. They were fired out of Gaza and they fell inside of Gaza. They never traveled across the border. So there's a track record here of Hamas doing this. But the second breaking news item we want to share with you, and this is a developing story as I come live, it's about 4.06 p.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast of the United States. On Tuesday, October 17th, there is an angry mob reportedly uh, attempting to storm The Israeli embassy in Amman, Jordan, hundreds of demonstrators, apparently anti-Israel demonstrators in Jordan, which, look, Israel uh, has a peace treaty with Jordan, obviously, now going back decades. But many have described it as a cold peace, no love lost there in many ways. And although Jordan has excellent security services and, and, and a really competent military There is a lot of anti-Israel sentiment in that country among the man on the street. And remember, the majority of the Jordanian population is Palestinian. So we're keeping an eye on that as well, folks. And third, another nation that Israel has diplomatic relations with, but uh, diplomatic relations that have really unraveled over the past decade plus, Turkey. Israel's National Security uh, Council Just released an alert, a warning to every Israeli in Turkey right now to leave that country. Now, folks, this isn't a shock. Number one, we've got anti-Israel, at times vicious anti-Israel and anti-Semitic rhetoric emanating from the highest echelons of the Turkish government, right in the right to the office, leading right to the office of President Erdogan. So that's perhaps one piece of this. But another piece of this, and we've reported this on the newscast over the months, that uh, the Iranian regime has consistently threatened to strike Israeli targets inside Turkey over the past few years. Now, many Israelis have traveled to Turkey on vacation over the years. I don't think you're going to see that quite as much after what we see unfolding right now. Needless to say, also, there are some Israelis doing business in Turkey, also uh, on the island of Cyprus, not far off the coast of Turkey. So these, unfortunately, have been hotspots for Iran to potentially murder Israelis. There's no other way to say it. Many times, the Iranian regime, as it looks to lash out against Israel, it will target Israeli and Jewish targets around the world, not inside Israel proper. These Israeli and Jewish targets around the world are seen as softer targets for the Iranian regime. Speaking of soft targets, before we get down to the business of the U.S., possibly sending 2,000 troops to the Middle East, Joe Biden visiting Israel tomorrow, the implications of all of that. By the way, there's two warships, U.S. warships, off the coast of Israel right now. So, a tinderbox, uh, to say the least, but I mentioned God forbid terror attacks and soft targets. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Is anyone else watching right now joining us concerned about the possibility of, of Hamas supporters? I hate to even say it, but we have to consider it striking on, on U.S. soil where I'm at in Europe or wherever you live around the world. Uh, that's a main, that's a very, Serious concern I have personally right now. Uh, Number one, we've had a track record here in the West where I'm coming to you from in Europe and the United States over the years, obviously, of homegrown jihad. I I wrote a book about it called The Terrorist Next Door uh, back in 2011, that was published. So this has been going on for some time. It was Al Qaeda and ISIS supporters and copycats here in the West for years. We also know that, look, Hamas has a support network here in the United States. I'm not saying it's physical support, people who would pick up arms and physically attack, but, and that may be here as well, but certainly there is an ideological support system for Hamas in the United States and in Europe. That's undeniable, folks. And if you had any doubts, have you watched the news over the past few days and these massive pro Hamas, anti Israel demonstrations in cities across the United States and Europe? yes these are not pro-palestinian rallies these are pro-hamas rallies with people cheerleading the slaughter of at least 1300 at this some reports say 1400 israelis mostly civilians including women children and the elderly and another 200 at least hostages were carted off to to gaza by hamas and are now in the bowels of hell underneath gaza somewhere in these Hamas terror tunnels being held captive, prisoners of war. And you have people cheerleading for that on American college campuses. So that's the state of play right now. So personally, something of concern for sure, uh, the radical Islamist element in the US and in Europe that is pro Hamas. And look, they've come here, the very generous asylum and immigration policies of europe no doubt which we've warned about for years and secondly uh, in the united states a slightly porous southern border that millions have flooded over since joe biden took office in january 2021 so you add all this up and you have a recipe for potential disaster i pray that's not the case and folks join me in prayer on that uh, a hedge of protection around every nation right now as this madness unfolds Uh, in the world's most chaotic and volatile region the middle east and by the way if you are just joining us you like what you hear uh, make sure to subscribe to the watchman news channel right here on youtube and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted hey we're giving you the inside story on the middle east and why it matters to you no matter where you live what happens in the middle east does not stay in the middle east but not only that We're coming to you every day here live during this war but we're also covering china russia north korea things happening in the west in the us in europe things like the great reset the rise of artificial intelligence a host of topics we delve into and also we like to dig into biblical history and archaeology as well i'm on the ground frequently in israel and points beyond so keep it right here on the watchman news channel no doubt but for coverage we want to be your one-stop shop for everything happening right now As this war unfolds, not only in Gaza, but as it potentially expands uh, in the days to come. Let's move on. Uh, And by the way, one quick note about the college campuses, which have ignited with anti-Israel fervor and pro-Hamas fervor. No, No other way to say it. I heard a commentator say the other day, well, you know, they're kids, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. When you're kids, when you're young in college, you flirt with different ideologies and you do dumb things. That's what one commentator said, and I shook my head and said, wow, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, I made some bad decisions and did some dumb stuff. It didn't help that I didn't know Jesus at the time. I, w- I was not walking with the Lord. But, folks, let me tell you, I knew the difference between right and wrong and good and evil. So, sorry, this is not just a case of some wild, young college kid, youthful indiscretions and foolishness, and they'll learn from it. no. These are young people, not little kids. They're young men and women, by the way, who are openly cheerleading genocide and murder. So, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to just give them a pass and chalk that up to youthful indiscretion. Sorry. But but let's move on. Joe Biden heading to Israel uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, October 18th. And, folks, uh, there's two ways of looking at this. And Anthony Blinken, the secretary of state, has been doing So conducting so-called shuttle diplomacy throughout the Middle East over the past several days, including several visits to Israel that he's met, including reportedly Blinken sitting in on a meeting of Israel's war cabinet. Now I don't know if that's unprecedented to have an official from another country sitting in on your country's war deliberations, but I found that a bit unsettling personally. Now a lot of people are saying, "Hey, this is great! Look at the stalwart support of Biden and Blinken for Israel." And folks, I hope that's the case. And I said this on the live stream the other day. Thus far, they've mainly said, key point there, said all the right things when it comes to what's unfolding in Israel right now. Um, The rhetoric by Blinken and Biden and various U.S. officials has been mostly on point. The words have been on point, a big, big distinction there. And I posed the question yesterday. When the rubber hits the road, And this thing really expands and Israel invades, presumably Israel is still going to invade Gaza. That's been the call throughout from Benjamin Netanyahu and other Israeli officials in the military and government sphere that they were going to crush Hamas decisively. And folks, if they don't, uh, I can't even begin to overstate the magnitude of a disaster that would be for Israel. And for Israel security because Hezbollah and Iran and these other proxies and the world's worst actors will be completely emboldened and they will smell weakness in Israel if it does not follow through and decisively crush Hamas, so it does not live to kill Israelis on another day. Secondly, the US will be weakened from a security perspective if Israel does not follow through and crush Hamas. Why? Because it will be perceived by the world at large that the U.S. was restraining Israel from acting, that because of relentless U.S. pressure and threats, that Israel didn't go all the way and crush this Nazi entity known as Hamas. That will be the perception, whether it's true or not. And folks, right now, I'm concerned. Uh, A lot of people say, Joe Biden, he's going to Israel on a solidarity mission, standing with Israel and the Jewish people. This is amazing. On the surface, it is. With this particular president, and people might say, you're being partisan, political. I'm not trying to be. But I'm calling it like I see it. With this particular president over the past nearly three years, I have not been encouraged, needless to say, by his foreign policy strategy or lack thereof. Uh, or his policy towards Israel and the Middle East, and especially Iran. So I hope that these words that he and Blinken have have been saying, uttering over the past few days, have teeth behind them. I hope that there's some real seriousness behind the two warships off the coast of Israel. And by seriousness, I'm not saying I want America to attack or intervene. What I am saying is Iran, the, the entire reason for U.S. warships to be off the coast of Israel right now, for 2,000 U.S. troops to be on high alert right now for potential deployment to the region, to the Middle East, is deterrence. A show of force and intimidation to Iran, Hezbollah, and the various other jihadi proxies of Iran in the region, basically saying, we're here. Don't you dare even think about getting involved, or you will feel the full might of the US military. That's the message that is supposed to be transmitted by this potential deployment and the stationing of US warships off the coast of Israel. Here's my question I mentioned a minute ago Is there teeth behind it? It doesn't matter what I think, it matters what Iran and Hezbollah think. Is the presence of US military assets? making them think twice or are they saying you know what he's not going to do anything meaning biden it's all for show it's all bluster empty bluster he's not really going to use force what do you think i'd love to get your thoughts folks we have thousands of people watching now we'll have thousands more before we are done i would love to get your thoughts there do you think that the iranian regime I, i think the word would be fierce the US military presence in its backyard? Or do you think the Iranian regime thinks there's nothing behind it and that it's just an empty show of force by the US? I think it's a key question here. Because if Iran and Hezbollah don't fear consequences right now, there's a better than average chance that Hezbollah does get involved and Iran keeps its promise of opening a second front. So serious question there. Uh, Israeli officials have said over the past 24 hours that the US presence has indeed deterred uh, Hezbollah. Let's hope it stays that way. If this show of force has a desired effect, the mere presence of two US warships and and the threat possibly of sending 2000 US troops to the region. By the way, I should have mentioned in a non-combat role. The Biden administration Pentagon officials, uh, Lloyd Austin, the US Defense Secretary, were very clear that if US troops are deployed, it would be in a non-combat role. Uh, helping Israel on the ground, logistics, supplies, etc. Uh, but is is that doing is that enough? Will that do the trick, so to speak, in deterring Hezbollah and Iran and making them think twice? I hope. Uh, you know, Israel, I, I hope, can focus on crushing Hamas in the south and deal with Hezbollah another day because that day is gonna come. But there is another school of thought right now. And I shared this on yesterday's live stream. A good friend of mine, uh, Sergeant Benjamin Anthony in the Israel Defense Forces Reserves, a brilliant guy. He believes, he said the other day that Israel should strike Hezbollah as well. Take care of both Hamas and Hezbollah and crush, destroy them both and eliminate them from being a threat to Israel once and for all, preemptively strike Hezbollah. Folks, look, uh, it's certainly an interesting school of thought. It it reminds me of 1967, the Six-Day War, where for weeks there was this buildup, Egypt and Syria, their forces amassing on Israel's borders, and eventually Jordan, by the way, who we mentioned at the top. Uh, Israelis were digging uh, trenches in cities and preparing for the worst, an all-out invasion. The U.S., Lyndon Johnson, the president at the time, was actively discouraging Israel from acting. And yet, Israel ignored the United States and acted at the end of the day, respectfully ignored the United States. There was a relationship there and struck preemptively and destroyed the Egyptian air force while it was still on the ground. And Egyptian pilots were having coffee in the morning and the war was effectively over. That was the six day war, a miraculous victory for Israel. Some say that led eventually to the Yom Kippur War six years later when Israel, many believe, was caught off guard uh, in intel failure, intelligence failure, like we had on October 7th, clearly. Many believe Israel was overconfident in the run-up to the Yom Kippur War. So there's echoes of the Yom Kippur War here with what happened last weekend, clearly. And by the way, just a reminder, it unfolded on the 50-year anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, of the surprise attack launched uh, that was October 6th, 1973. Uh, the massacre in southern Israel, the Hamas invasion was October 7th. Uh, but could we see, uh, is there a six-day war scenario here? And I know it sounds unlikely. Look, uh, folks are saying Israel has its hands full enough with just Hamas in the south. For Hezbollah to get involved, would be an absolute disaster. For Israel fighting on two fronts, I get it, 100%. Many, I'm sure, were saying the same thing in 1967 in the run-up to the Six-Day War. I don't know the answer, but there are people I respect who are saying, you know what, this could be a window here once and for all to eliminate these two existential threats on our borders, one in Gaza, one in southern Lebanon in the form of Hezbollah. Will it happen? I I have no idea. If Israel has very credible intelligence, that Hezbollah is about to go all in with its entire arsenal, 150,000 rockets, at least, rockets and missiles pointed at every inch of the world's one and only Jewish state, perhaps even a ground, mini ground invasion, infiltration, which Sheikh Hassan Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah, has threatened for years. If Israel has that kind of credible intelligence, perhaps Israel would strike Hezbollah capabilities preemptively. We don't know, but let me give you a quick update on that uh, Israel-Lebanon border the skirmishes and folks it's getting more serious than just skirmishes the outright clashes between israel and hezbollah along the israel lebanon border continued today hezbollah fired at least three and or i'm sorry two anti-tank missiles at least at the town of matula uh the northernmost town in israel sits right on the lebanon border it's a beautiful place folks i've stayed there i've slept there in a hotel in matula What a beautiful countryside, mountainous region in northern Israel. Uh, Just unbelievably, uh, unbelievably, sorry, beautiful. Fell prey to anti-tank missiles today. Uh, Hezbollah has also launched rockets, your standard rockets, not just anti-tank missiles. There's been Hezbollah gunfire along the border. There's been Hezbollah attacking an Israeli observation post. It was unmanned, but attempting to destroy an Israeli Operation post uh, um, observation post along that Israel Lebanon border. Today things escalated to my mind, and Israel each time has responded to these Hezbollah provocations by shelling, etc. But today, while you can tell that Israel is trying to tamp down the northern border, the, right now Israel doesn't want that second front to open as it's laser focused on Hamas and Gaza. But Israel is wise enough to know, and Israeli officials have talked about this for months now. We've documented it here in the newscast uh, that this will be a, the next war, they've always said, will be a multi-front war. Now, clearly, Israel has declared war on Hamas and Gaza, so that's one front. But I think at this point, although Hezbollah is not all-in, so to speak, you could consider this a multi-front war, at least to a degree. Because every day there is exchange of fire between Hezbollah and Israel as Hezbollah attempts to create a diversion. And today I think escalated things, folks, because this is big to my mind. And we've had Israelis, by the way, killed in these skirmishes over the past week with Hezbollah. And Hezbollah members killed as well. And we had four more Hezbollah jihadist terrorists killed once again today as they were planting an explosive device along the Israel-Lebanon border with the intention of infiltrating northern Israel. They were destroyed, this Hezbollah cell, by an Israeli drone. At least four Hezbollah members were killed. The Israel Defense Forces uh, said that four Hezbollah terrorists were killed by this IDF drone. Hezbollah released a statement mourning them and, and said that five were killed when they were, quote, in the act of waging jihad, Well, at least they were honest about that, because that's exactly what they are and what they were doing. This was a jihadist act, no doubt, by Hezbollah, and that's what they're all about. But Hezbollah's MO, folks, has been always, if a Hezbollah member is killed, then we're going to respond and try to kill an Israeli. I I hate to say it, but that's how they operate. Today, you had at least four, according to Hezbollah, five Hezbollah members killed. And in previous days, there was a few others killed as well. How does it, does Israel respond, or I'm sorry, does Hezbollah respond in a more significant way? That's something we're keeping an eye on as, again, the northern border is an absolute, absolute tinderbox. And the big question everyone's been talking about for days, obviously, will Hezbollah get involved? Will they or won't they? And then you have Syria. The northern front is not just limited to Lebanon. Folks, Syria is uh one of iran's main power bases in the region iranian and hezbollah shock troops have been based there for years and that's why you have seen so many israeli airstrikes there over the years including striking in recent days aleppo and damascus international airports and crippling those two airports to stop the flow of iranian weapons into that country which will be then positioned on israel's northern doorstep so israel's getting hit from both sides potentially with Uh, Syria and Lebanon. Let's see what else. I've got some more notes here, some more things that I want to get into uh, before we go here. And I want to end with a word of encouragement about revival. Uh, But Joe Biden, it needs to be mentioned tomorrow, his visit. Now, what's your take, everyone? Uh, Good thing? Bad thing? Are you encouraged? To me, look, he's the first head of state to visit Israel since the attack on October 7th, since the terrorist massacre, the butchery, of October 7th. He'll be the first head of state to visit in a show of solidarity. And again, normally I'd say, you know, bravo, a U.S. president's doing that. Uh, This time there's a caveat in that I have a serious concern that this Biden-Blinken tandem is trying to potentially handcuff Israel from the strong response that Israel has promised and which Israel needs to have to this Hamas terror, a definitive once and for all smashing of hamas so it never threatens israel ever again a, a complete crushing of that group that it ceases to exist my concern is that this administration in dc is going to hamstring israel from doing that and that's a real problem so on one hand it's good to see us president with a show of solidarity publicly on the ground during a time of war on the other hand what's he saying behind the scenes to benjamin Netanyahu? And is he, Is he? are they going to try to push the US administration right now for a premature ceasefire before Israel can finish the job? That is my concern. And it's a well-founded concern based on what I've seen over the past nearly three years out of this administration, in particular when it comes to the Middle East in the foreign policy realm. Big, big concern, folks. And by the way, does Biden's visit delay that ground offensive even more? Israel's been saying for days, air, land, and sea, does this delay things? Obviously, uh, the U.S. president on the ground in Israel might not be the ideal time to launch a land invasion while he's there on the ground, as things will be heightened. and, And certainly Hamas, the rocket barrages, I presume, will increase once Israeli troops go in on the ground. But I'm concerned about the delay in this if Israel indeed is still going in on the ground, and it seems that you can't just eliminate Hamas from the air, I'm not a military strategist, but I interview Israeli military strategists, generals, defense officials, many of them over the years, and it seems that whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah, you cannot defeat these Iranian proxies entirely with air power, if only it were so. But sadly, it seems that Israel will have to send troops into harm's way on the ground, and we have some 400,000 Israeli reserves called up and they're ready to go. Uh, they they want to avenge uh, their fallen countrymen and women. Uh, they've made that very clear. So the longer this goes, and again, I'm not a military tactician, but uh, from a layman's term, someone who's been on the ground in Israel dozens of times, I consider Israel my second home, interviewing Israeli defense and military types, intel types, many, many, many times over the years. Um, it seems to me that the longer Israel waits, the more Hamas gets a chance to harden itself, uh, fortify its defenses and its terror apparatus and its booby trapping and everything else they've got planned in Gaza City, in that labyrinth of underground tunnels and threats lurking behind every quarter, cramped close quarter fighting, a nightmare scenario, guerrilla warfare. That, that's one part of it. But the other part that I'm really concerned with is world opinion. And we're talking about that Biden-Blinken tandem, folks. Israel had so much in the first few days, goodwill, and the world was uniting against Israel. Again, all words. Let's see when it comes to action, when Israel takes forceful action to defend its people and preserve its very existence in the wake of a second, a mini-holocaust that was perpetrated by Hamas. Then let's see how the world reacts. Israel right now, as this window extends, you're seeing it already, folks, in the mainstream media coverage, in statements by world leaders. All of a sudden, things have shifted from at least 1,300 Israelis were slaughtered in cold blood. At least 200 Israelis were dragged, including little kids and the elderly, were dragged off into slavery in Gaza. And now the conversation is shifting to, Israel, don't you dare. You must have a proportionate response. We want to cease fire sooner rather than later. I told you folks that the shift was going to happen. It was so predictable and you're seeing it play out now in real time. So I have a real concern about that, that the more Israel uh, delays in taking care of business, the more world opinion is going to form against Israel. Now, Israel should ignore it and do what it needs to do. That goes without saying. But what I am saying also is it makes things more difficult for Israel. And sadly, we live in a PR world where social media, it goes into overdrive, false accusations against Israel, and Hamas has this propaganda machine that the world seems willing to swallow hook, line, and sinker. All that said, a ground operation is not something you do haphazardly, haphazardly recklessly, or just rush in there. I get that a thousand percent. But as this extends, I, I'm concerned about world pressure and opinion and in particular i'm sad to say as an american u.s administration pressure against israel to not go in full board to agree to a ceasefire sooner rather than later it's a big concern i have folks let me know if you feel the same way a lot going on right now it almost feels like we're in a bit of a stalemate these past few days when's the ground invasion coming that's been the big question will another front open uh but i believe we'll see the answers to all of that in the days to come so keep it right here Every day we're coming to you live, usually 4 p.m. Eastern, sometimes 1, 2, it depends on my schedule. But we try to give you a heads up in advance uh, and get the word out as to when we are coming on with you. Uh, last thought, I mentioned the word revival earlier. Uh, speaking from a personal standpoint, the United States, my country and worldwide, we need revival. We need a turning back to God. to to get things straight. That's the only answer. There's no political solutions here, even military solutions here in in the grander scheme of things. This is a spiritual battle. But Benjamin Netanyahu, in a visit to Southern Israel the other day, said this one day in a very optimistic tone, he struck, he said, one day this will be called Southern Israel along the Gaza border, which was ravaged, the region of revival. He said, this is going to be the region of revival, and we're going to help build Southern Israel back up. You know, folks, I say amen to that, and I it's, I will be praying for that as well, because let me tell you, on a personal note, southern Israel is absolutely beautiful. Those communities around the Gaza border, if not for Hamas perched on your doorstep, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. And by the way, the beaches of Gaza, if not for Hamas and the jihadist madness and Palestinian Islamic jihad, the mini Iranian proxy state that is formed in Gaza, if not for that, Gaza, the beaches there would be a tourist destination on the Mediterranean. The possibilities, and it's very sad, but the possibilities there and the communities in southern Israel, so beautiful, the climate, everything about them. Love it there. Love the people there, the resilience of the people there. So please pray for, yes, a revival of those communities in southern Israel, that they can pick up the pieces and get back on their feet and thrive no longer in the shadow of Hamas next door. They can thrive in a Gaza that's pacified, meaning a Gaza that no longer is ruled by Hamas, no longer populated by Hamas and Islamic Jihad terrorists. That is the prayer. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today. Until tomorrow, we'll come to you. We might go a little bit earlier tomorrow. Don't worry. We'll we'll send the alert out on the YouTube community tab and on social media. We'll let you know exactly when we're coming. Keep it right here for all the latest news that matters to you. Out of the Middle East and beyond. Pray for Israel. Prayer works. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Watchmen Newscast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an upload and tap the bell icon so you're notified every time a new video is posted. And don't forget to share your thoughts, insights, and comments below. Thanks for watching. We'll see you back here tomorrow.